Hey, welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we're going to do yet another alien anniversary movie. But this one's a little unconventional. This is an alien movie, sort of. It's not a movie that is... The alien isn't, like, central to the plot. Except in, like late second act, third act kind of a time frame. Honestly, when you brought this up as an alien movie, I had no idea what you were talking about. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't even remember. It's it's Spider-Man 3. Guys, Spider-Man 3 is what? 15 years old now? Yes. All right, so it's 15 years old. And it, 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 the reason it fits into our theme of aliens is that the symbiote that creates Venom is an alien. It comes from outer space and it lands in a meteorite. So many questions about this thing. Oh, you want to talk about the alien symbiote? We can talk about the alien <laughs> symbiote. This will be fun. All right. So, Jen, had you seen this movie before we decided to go into this one? I don't remember I if you've have. seen all of them. You have. Okay. Yeah, this, the first three I had seen, I've seen a few times. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man series is the one I had never seen previous to, what, a year ago? Right, right, yeah. right. Did right. you ever watch the second one of that? I still have not watched the you second still one. still haven't watched Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2? Okay. All right. Some people would say that you're saving yourself by not watching that, but I would not be one of those people. So. Okay. All right. So I, I went and saw this in theaters opening day. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan and nerd, and it was just something that I was going to do no matter what was going on in this movie. Venom is not my favorite Spider-Man villain, but he's fine. He's fine. Well, and he's one of very many villains in this movie. Yeah, this movie does kind of suffer from villain overload and plotline overload. I know when we were rewatching it this time, I'm like, oh, God, that's right. This is in here, too. <laughs> oh, man, this is in here, too. It's like I forgot that there was so much crammed into this one movie. Yeah, you had like five or six different like moments of like discovery as <laughs> oh, we were yeah. going through. Hey, I forgot about that. Hey, there's that, too. Exactly. Yep. All right. So Spider-Man 3 was written and directed by Sam Raimi. He had some co-writers with him, Ivan Raimi and Alvin Sargent. This is based on comic books by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. This movie stars Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man or Spider-Man or Peter Parker. <laughs> I will probably say Spider-Man quite a bit through here. Spider-Man. Leo Spider-Man, attorney at law. <laughs> We joke about that all the time at the house, so now that's what I just say. <laughs> I just say Spider-Man. So I've ruined it for you? I Yeah, it's uh, like stuck in my head. Uh, so, All right, we've got Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. James Franco comes back as Harry Osborn. Thomas Hayden Church is Sandman. Topher Grace plays Eddie Brock or Venom. Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy. Rosemary Harris as Mae Parker. And J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. And the inimitable James Cromwell plays Captain Stacy, who in the comics dies. That's a big, big, big arc. They actually do that in the uh, in Amazing Spider-Man 2? Or is this the first one? That's the first one. It's the lizard one. Amazing okay. Spider-Man, they kill off Gwen Stacy's dad. Anyway. Yeah. So, that's a whole lot of people. That you just that you just mentioned. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this one. I mean, we also have Willem Dafoe. You forgot to mention Willem Dafoe. 
He That's plays the he plays the goblin. We have again. Elizabeth Banks in here too. Dylan Baker She's playing Kirk Connors, the lizard. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell makes in a it. little cameo in here. Cliff Robertson, the original <laughs> Ben Parker, is back. Yeah, I mean everybody. And, and did you mention Bill Nunn, who plays uh, Robbie Robertson? No. Yeah, Bill Nunn. Yeah, great. The great Bill Nunn. The great. The late great great Bill Nunn. He's dead now. Poor Bill Nunn. We miss you, Bill. Joe Manganiello shows up as Flash for like the splittest of splittest seconds. Right, it's real quick. It's at, oh guys, we're going to spoil this just so you know. It's at Harry's funeral, right? This movie is 15 years old. If you haven't seen it yet, too bad on the spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen has no pity (laughs) for you if you have not gotten around to this. So if you want to... Also, why are you listening to this if you haven't seen it So if you want to tweet at her... (laughs) Any spoilers you have at Amazing for Amazing Spider-Man 2, do it now because it's been, what, 10 years now almost? Nope. So you deserve it. That's fine. <laughs> I do. Oh yeah. I'm going to I'm going to start a tw- I'm going to start a tweet war with you. A Twitter war. I'll have to figure out how to use Twitter then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, should we do, do you want to jump into the movie here? Let's do it. Okay, so basically, this movie opens up with a gigantic action sequence. Just kidding. It opens up with Mary Jane <laughs> singing on stage. She has making her she is making her Broadway musical debut, and she and Peter celebrate by going to Central Park and hanging out, watching meteors or meteorites flashing through the sky, asteroids mm-hmm. or whatever they well, not asteroids. I sound like an idiot. What are those? Are those meteorites? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it just dawned on me that those meteorites were probably the symbiote crap falling through, like shooting star stuff, uh, like shooting past. Um, and one of it was a falling star. And... One of the yeah, one of the meteorites lands near them, and it has the symbiote on it. I didn't. And the symbiote... Okay, I didn't even put that together. But okay. you didn't see that? They show you. It I did. I see a... it hit it, but for some reason, it didn't dawn on me to put two and two together that they're watching a meteor the meteorites <laughs> going. And then that's actually. Have you answered all of your own questions now? I'm done. Nope. You, you don't. You don't have any. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the so the symbiote attaches itself to Peter's motorcycle, and is it a motorcycle or is it a moped? Whatever. It looks like a little moped to me. All right. So it's a, it's a moped, and it it travels back to his apartment with him and kind of hides out there until a little bit later. We'll get back to that. Put a pin in that because we got other stuff to deal with. Harry Osborne mainly is the thing that we've got to deal with. He is still trying to avenge his father's death at the hands of Spider-Man, but he waited an entire movie to do it. I was going to say, wasn't, when did he find out about Peter Parker and Spider-Man? At the end of the first Spider-Man movie. He he found out that Peter Parker oh, no, was Spider-Man. In oh, the first no, one? wait, hold on. Otto Octavius brings Peter to him. It was in the second movie. That's when he finds second out that Peter is. Second movie, yeah. okay. So he... He thinks Spider-Man killed his father at the end of the first movie. Right. He finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man in movie two. Right. In movie okay. two. And in movie okay. three, he's on. He's in full-on revenge mode. So he... As, as like Green Goblin Jr. Right. Yeah. He goes and he uses his dad's performance-enhancing gas... I guess. But it's like a brand new chamber. So did he build this? Did he build he a new have. chamber? Maybe that's what took him so long is he had to get it all rebuilt. He had to wait. Yeah. You know, you got to build this stuff. It's not easy. I mean, look at, look at, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, guys. How do you so, know how to do that, though? I probably, thought he wasn't that smart. No, but he probably contracted people to do it. Hmm. 
I'm okay. gu- I, look, I'm guessing he's not that smart, but you know what he has? A lot of money and a lot of time. So I'm guessing he just paid somebody to do it. And sure, sure. There you have it. But he uh, he turns himself into a new Green Goblin, but I think they were calling it the Hobgoblin? In... Is, that, is that what he was being called? I don't know. And they're calling him New Goblin. I don't know. In yeah, well, whatever. In so so New Goblin fights out fights it out with Peter, and uh, he ends up hitting his head because you know Pete's trying to save himself, and ends up hitting his head, and then has an amnesia. Yeah. Now, what did you think of this sequence? I thought this was really fun to watch them fighting. The action was good. A very Sam Raimi action. I liked that. Mm-hmm. That was good. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with the 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 technical filmmaking here. It looks pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. the action's really good. It like I said, it's got that frenetic energy that you see to tend to see in Sam Raimi films. So Yeah, I thought it was fun. I don't remember if it was here or if it was at the end with Venom, but there's parts where Spider-Man and the villain are like twirling around and they're fighting and stuff. And I just thought it looked, I thought it looked cool. I, I liked it. So meanwhile, meanwhile, the police are chasing an escaped convict whose name is Flint Marco. He goes back to his apartment and visits his sick daughter, but then he takes off and runs out like, the cops come after him. And as he's running away, he falls into an experimental... I wrote this down in my notes. He falls into a demolecularization machine. <laughs> Why do these people not have a better security system? I mean, I know something <laughs> triggers a sensor and they're like, ah, oh, it's just a bird. It'll fly away. Well, not really? only that, but like this thing is open air. Yeah. Like they're not inside. There's like anything could fall into this. But they're but the thing that kills me is that they are using this demolecularizing machine to break sand down to a molecular level. I don't understand what's happening in what? this thing. I mean, what a strange experiment. Like it's basically a pile of sand that they're trying to break down to the molecular level. Don't you have other things that you would rather do that to first besides sand? Is there... Is this how Sandman becomes Sandman in the comics? Not really. Okay, in the 60s, everything was was radiation. Everything was oh, nuclear. Okay. So Sandman came comes into contact with irradiated sand. And it bonds <laughs> okay. to him. It bonds to his body. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything is nuclear in the 60s, so. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I, they updated it, obviously. And even Peter's, the spider that killed, or that killed, the spider that killed Peter, the spider that bit Peter in the first movie was not an irradiated spider, which is what it was in the comics. It was a genetically altered spider. Right. They've, they've kept that throughout all of these. Because yeah. nuclear energy wasn't such a, isn't such a big scare factor anymore, you know? Right. So... Yeah. They they hunt him down. He turns into a pile of sand. And um, you're supposed to think he's dead. But he's not, obviously, because he's one of the bad guys. 
then again during... something that kind of pauses and we'll come back to this dude later again so mj finds out that she is being replaced on broadway because she had a bad review but it turns out it wasn't just one bad review it was all the papers had a bad review for her so they're replacing her and she's upset peter is trying to make her feel better but he's basically making it all about himself and it kind of upsets her they go back to his apartment and he hears a call about a crane that's being that's that's going going out of control a construction crane and he goes running off to stop that the person that he saves the is gwen stacy basically she's a model in this universe i guess and he saves her life which means he gets a key to the city so going back to the interaction with Mary Jane and Peter Parker here. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an interesting thing to think about here. He's got this girl that he loves, he cares about a lot. Mm-hmm. If he would have stayed because she obviously needed him at that point, she was going through something difficult and needed some emotional support. But if he stayed, people would have died. Right. So, you know, that's kind of a tough spot to be in you know peter always chooses other people over himself except for he also chooses other people over his girlfriend too right but that's a good point but her life wasn't in danger no she was something that something you know in his in the i'm guessing in the in the in his head the prioritization is Someone's life being in danger is more important than and I, MJ feeling I totally better. see that. I yeah. totally understand that. But I'm also looking at this from Mary Jane's perspective. And sure. if she's always put on the back burner, she isn't going to feel like an important person to Peter Parker, and she's not going to want to be in this relationship. This MJ is different from the MJ that we got in the first movie, the second movie, and the comics. The MJ in those... Now... Mary Jane in the comics is a model. Okay. A model and a TV actress. She becomes a soap opera actress. She's not a whatever, but a Broadway Broadway actress. Gwen Stacy is not a model. Gwen Stacy is a science nerd. Gwen Stacy is like kind of more more intellectually on equal footing than with Peter than MJ is. But MJ in the comics is a tougher character she knows that her relationship with peter is secondary to his drive to use the power that he was given to help people and she's accepted that this mj has not accepted that this mj struggles with that mm-hmm. so yeah and all i was bringing up is i see both sides yeah absolutely it's a absolutely. tough situation it's an interesting it's interesting that they made that change Mm-hmm. Because it puts her very much into the damsel in distress role more than anything else. And that was what she was very early on in the comics. But later when, you know, hey, this was the 90s, man. In the 90s and the late 80s and early 2000s, MJ was not damsel in distress. MJ, MJ was, could hold her own, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. So, yeah. So it's interesting to have that throwback to a... An earlier time, some might say a more misogynistic time, of a girl being the damsel in distress all the time. I don't think that she's being a damsel in distress right now. I mean, she just lost her dream job. 
she's very upset. She has every right to be upset at this point. You might say she's in distress of some sort. Right, but it's not like she needs to be saved at this point. That's not what this is. This is just sometimes you need your significant other to just be there for you, you know? Lies. (laughs) Deceptions. Anyway. Is that what I'm doing wrong? Shit. This has now turned into couples therapy. Couples therapy with (laughs) Jen and Rich. Oh, that'd be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, So Pete saves... Gwen Stacy and like I said he gets the key to the city they're having this they're gonna have this big ceremony there's a festival there's always a festival in these movies like their Mm -hmm. first one had that Mary J. Blige thing when they were doing that big like festival like there was a Mary J. Blige is that the one where he's jumping on balloons or something like that that looked so terrible (laughs) oh it was come on it was 2000s it was 2000 what 2002 yeah 20 years ago it was 20 years old that doesn't make it look better. No. It still looks goofy. You, no, but I'm saying you have to accept that. You know. Oh, I'm Hey, I like that first movie. Okay. I'm not trying to say I don't like that. That part, though, looks goofy. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so there at the festival, Spider-Man swings in, and they're going to present him with the key to the city, and he upside down, like, crawls down or, you know, slides down his web or whatever, and he tells everybody wants Spider-Man to kiss Gwen Stacy because she's the one presenting him with the key. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead. Give me a kiss right in front of MJ. Now, this is the thing that I think was just completely stupid. Why I would Peter... hated this. Peter, that's just not... If he had been in the Venom outfit by this point... Right, then I fine. would see it. Yep. But he's not in the Venom outfit. I don't think he would do this. Peter does I not do this. I think this is out this of is character. Not, no, this is, this is way out of character for him. Pete's not going to do that. Thank you. I was watching nope. this going, this is dumb. Nope. I don't like this. It's 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 way too manufactured. Like I said, like you said, out of character. It's not who he is. You look at the history of, has he done stupid things? Yeah, he's done stupid things. He hasn't kissed another girl in front of his existing girlfriend. He hasn't. It's no. just not what he does. It's not what he does. So while, once this has taken place, Marco, Kane Marco, Rob starts robbing these armored trucks and beats up Spider-Man and runs off. And then after that happens, Captain Stacy calls Peter and Aunt May in to the precinct to tell them that Uncle Ben's real killer is Flint Marco. I hate this storyline. That's because it doesn't make any sense and it it's takes dumb. away... It's dumb. I hate it. It takes away every bit of the the... <laughs> it takes away so much of what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. He doesn't have, he doesn't learn from shirking his responsibility. If this is the case, if well, if he Flint did Marcos learn, l- but huh? that okay, so he did learn, but by doing this in this story, he reverts back, and they're making him relearn it again. I mean, we already had the story arc. Why are we? rehashing it again. I don't like this. Now, see, now remember in the first movie, he he moves out of the way when the robber mm-hmm. is running past him, yeah. and that robber is the one that ends up killing Uncle Ben, teaching him that actions have reactions, yep. that, yep. that, you know, that, that basically 
if you don't if you fail to stop this person, bad things are going to happen to other people. Right. And right. I, so this doesn't do this for us. The, like basically, it exonerates Peter for 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 not exonerates. Basically, it like it it eliminates that whole thing. It eliminates that lesson from Spider Man's history and forces him, like you said, to relearn it. Right. Because it, we saw this already, and he right. learned to come to terms with this and learned you know from that and then with this happening he reverts right back to revenge spider-man mm-hmm. he's going to go after revenge again i didn't like that because yeah. i felt like we've this is not to me this isn't how spider-man would be he's already learned this lesson right he's not going to revert back to the revenge thing again is this is another stupid move it's a dumb move i mean i love sam raimi you know this Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors, but this is a stupid move in this movie. There's no reason for this. I feel like one of these villains could have just been completely removed from this, and I know we still would have had a full story. I know who you could drop. Venom, because we haven't talked a bit about him other than like yeah, he'll the come symbiote. in at the end yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. Or, we haven't even talked yeah. about we haven't even talked about Eddie Brock, even though he's involved. Right. He's such a side character in this. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Eddie Brock a little bit. So while all these things are going on, Eddie Brock is the boyfriend of Gwen Stacy. Is he? She He's doesn't. Supposed to be. Yeah, she doesn't really act like he is because right. she's like we've we had coffee one time. Okay, so he thinks he's Gwen yeah. Stacy's boyfriend. So and it and he is competing for Peter's job at the Daily Bugle, basically taking pictures of Spider Man, but he okay. In the comics, Eddie Brock is a journalist who doesn't doesn't source his story very well, and then Peter and then Spider Man proves him wrong by catching the real criminal in this like investigation that he's doing, and so he wants revenge because he gets he's, his career his entire career is ruined. So they kind of do a similar thing with this, but they make him a photographer instead of a journalist. Fine, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You have the same the same thing, except there's no animus to it because later Peter proves that that Brock is bad by like bringing bringing the these photos to to Jameson and saying look this is faked and that's what causes the disgrace in the comics the disgrace is a secondary thing Peter doesn't even know Eddie Brock exists really I mean I think he knows who he is but he's not, not even thinking about it. He goes out and he catches this criminal and it comes out that this criminal is the person that Eddie Brock was supposed to be hunting down in his investigation. But because he had already basically named somebody else, he was disgraced. Mm-hmm. He wants revenge on Spider-Man for that mm-hmm. because Spider-Man's the one that sure. did it, okay. right? Not Peter, not okay. Peter. Eddie doesn't want revenge on Peter Parker. Eddie wants revenge on Spider-Man. He finds out who Peter Parker is because when the Venom symbiote attaches to him, it has all he has all of its memories. Okay. And that's when they're like, okay, well, I hate Spider-Man too mm-hmm. because Spider-Man rejected me and Spider-Man ruined my life, so let's go get him, you know? Yeah. So while we talk about the symbiote a little bit. Yeah, let's 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 stick on let's what, stick to the subject. What is this thing? I mean, it, it's obviously some kind of alien goo, but is it <laughs> Is it like a being of some kind? It, it is. It definitely has its own thoughts. It is. So is it kind of like a, almost like a virus type thing that attaches itself to a body and like possesses it or something? It, I, I'm not sure I understand what this is. It's a symbiotic organism. It is an alien. 
that in the comics, okay, in the comics, all the superheroes in 1984 got transported to a planet called Battle World, and they had to fight all the villains that got transported there as well to entertain a character called the Beyonder. While they were there and while they were off-world, Spider-Man's costume gets destroyed. He finds a machine on the planet that can create a new Spider-Man costume for him, and it creates this. But he doesn't find out until later that it's a living creature. Mm, Okay. Okay? So it bonds to him. It does make him start doing, you know, crazy things. He he figures out that it's poisoning him, basically poisoning his brain. He takes it to a bell tower because... He figures out that sonic waves will disrupt the creature and and make it make him able to you know re- remove it. The other thing about this is that they completely remove Peter's science background. Peter is a scientist. Mm-hmm. He's not a scientist in these movies. No, he's at all. he's a photographer. Maybe in the second one he is, but in the in the first one he has a little bit of knowledge, and in the third one they don't even talk about it. Mm-hmm. The third one. Peter Peter should be able to figure out how to get this thing off of him. Mm-hmm. He, by accident, he's in a bell tower. I know that this is nitpicking it a little bit, but that's kind of what we're here for, right? So the difference here is that Peter intentionally goes to a bell tower in the comics because he knows that when the bell rings, he'll have an easier time getting the costume off of him. In the movie, he's just trying to peel the costume off of him, and the bell rings, and he figures it out. So they kind of meshed those two things together. There's no scientific progress or process for Peter at all. And it's a little... I feel like that's robbing the character a little bit, Peter's character a little bit, of his abilities. You know what I mean? Sure. Am I nitpicking that too much? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. I feel like it's an important thing for Peter to be a scientist because they really put a lot into that in the second movie. Yeah. You know? That's the whole reason that he was even involved with Otto Octavius in the second mm-hmm. movie. But right. that's completely forgotten here. I mean, there's there's so much in this movie that where would you put it? Right. But, it you, you just can't. There's already too much stuff yeah. in here. Yeah. So Peter, uh, after the symbiote attaches itself to Peter... She goes on a revenge mission. That's mm-hmm. that's so. I think part of it can be attributed to the symbiote poisoning his brain a little bit. Oh, okay. and I think that's what we're kind of trying to get. That, but if that's going to be the case, you don't need to make Marco the guy that shot Uncle Ben. No, give him, you don't give him another need it. reason, right? Maybe maybe MJ got hurt. Yeah, you know. Oh, nah. You know what? That's kind of contrived. You don't want to fridge her. That's no reason to do that. But give him a reason to go after Flint Marco. Yeah. And then you don't need to flip-flop on the Ben Parker right, thing. Right, Either way, he goes after him. They fight in the sewer. Peter ends up putting him in a bunch of water and turning him into mud. We think he's dead at this point. While all this is all going on, Peter and MJ go and visit Harry in the hospital after his head gets knocked, you know, gets, gets beat up in that fight with Spider-Man. So this is, again, another thread going through this. Mm-hmm. And... And... Harry is just kind of like big dumb puppy. You know what I mean? He's got amnesia. Right. And yeah, it's like a kind of almost like a personality shift too. Yeah, a huge personality shift. But that shift. could be because with brain injuries, mm-hmm. you will have that. So, yeah. I mean, it's not too far-fetched. Absolutely, but this feels like a cop-out to me. It does, yeah. Well, yeah, because he's got his buddy back. Mm-hmm. He's got his friend back. Do you think... I have a question for you, and I just I I I struggled with this 
this time around. It's kind of immoral for Pete to let Harry just go on thinking everything was fine, right? I you know how do you broach the topic, but like this is such a drastic personality shift from I want to kill you for murdering my father to hey buddy how you doing let's play basketball in my giant mansion i also thought it was weird that mj didn't say anything because mj knew that there was some strife between them and and she doesn't say anything like oh you guys worked it out or well she makes like an offhand comment to pete but not to harry yeah she just says to peter hey you guys seem like you're good and he's like yeah but again, and this is pre him getting the Venom suit. Give him the Venom suit earlier. And why at that point didn't he just tell MJ what happened? I mean, they're supposed to be in a good relationship, so why yeah, wouldn't he tell too. her? See, if you give him the if you give him the Venom suit earlier on, mm-hmm. this all this goes away. Him kissing Gwen, the him not telling Harry, him not sharing stuff with MJ. I mean, all this stuff goes. All the concerns about like why would he do this go away. If you give him the Venom suit earlier and rather than make it this big goofy, hey, I'm a bad guy now. Let's do a bad guy dance and bring my new girlfriend to my old girlfriend's place of work and have a dance off in front of her. You know, like that whole thing was so bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. And I understand it was supposed to be cringy and everything. It works, but it just felt out of place. You can you can make Peter have a shift in personality by giving him the Venom suit earlier. I think that yeah. was a big flaw of this is that they didn't just he didn't just get the venom suit right away. Yeah. And, and then like, you know. You mentioned one of the things that could have maybe tightened this up a bit was getting rid of Venom. Yeah. I thought, you know, maybe make Venom more through this and get rid of Sandman. Yeah, Sandman felt like he was tacked on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I think either way you could have probably made a tighter story. I just feel like there's just so much thrown in here and you take so long to get (laughs) back to these characters because you have to shift from this story to that story to this, you know, and it's, you're like, Oh wait, yeah, this guy's in this one, you know, 30 minutes later, you haven't seen him for 30 minutes. Right. So back to the story here real quick, just so that we can kind of get to this next, I want to get, I want to get through this, this, um, Dance sequence. Okay. <laughs> because this is where Peter starts to realize that there's something happening with this suit. Mm-hmm. Is that he ends up he ends up hitting MJ accidentally because he gets into a fight with the bouncers that are trying to throw him out for being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of is like, oh, my suit is underneath my cost, underneath my shirt, and I know that it's bothering me now. Here's the other thing about this suit. In the comics, the symbiote becomes his regular clothes as well. So basically, he can go from wearing street clothes to wearing the costume in no time at all. He doesn't have to change into it. It just, it turns. Think about how, like, Iron Man's mask comes over the top of his head. That's what it would do. Okay. How, like, MCU Spider-Man, how MCU Spider-Man's mask, you know, goes right across his face. At least the the Iron Spider. uh, I'm guessing they had to do it this way because of probably technology for the movie. Maybe it just wasn't, they couldn't figure out how to do it or something. They did it with Topher Grace's character. They did it with Eddie Brock. That's true. They did. Just just do that. Just make it that way. Mm -hmm. Again, this movie, like you said, get rid of Sandman. And this movie is a whole lot... I mean, you can have Harry in there. You can have the whole Harry subplot. You can let that breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. You can bring it in more. 
I don't know why Gwen Stacy has to be in here either. Gwen Stacy being in here is stupid. Yeah. And they don't serve anything to her character at all. Now, I like Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Gwen Stacy. I think she does a great job, but I don't see the point of that character in here. Me neither. Bryce Dallas Howard deserved a better Mm -hmm. chance to play this character. She's barely in it. And she's really only there to piss off Mary Jane. Yeah. That's the only reason Well, and then to also piss off Eddie Brock. Well, yeah, that too. Right. But there could be other There's other things. Like, like this could be all about, like, Eddie Brock going after Spider-Man because, you know, he was... was Exposed something. Exposed, yeah. 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 This could be, like, like, that could be the whole movie. You don't put Gwen Stacy in here, just make her bait. Yeah. Gwen Stacy is the original love of Peter's life. In the comics, Gwen Stacy's death changes Peter so much. It's such an important, like, tentpole moment in Spider-Man history, Gwen Mm -hmm. Stacy's death. It's one of those things that people point to and go, this is what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. It's kind of up there with the Ben Parker thing. So to put her in here and just kind of, like, and to give a to give an actor of Bryce Dallas Howard's caliber nothing to do mm-hmm. in a movie like this with a character like that where she should be taking the scene, it feels unforgivable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels unforgivable to me. Anyway. <laughs> So, I don't even know where we're at in the story now. So after the jazz club, Peter, after he figures out that the symbiote is corrupting him, he ends up going to the bell tower and oh, he right. pulls the he pulls the costume off, and that's where Eddie Brock chases Very him. Very conveniently, into Eddie Brock happens to be in the same. Oh, church. he doesn't chase him in there. He's there praying to kill Peter. Parker. Yeah, he prays to God to kill Peter Parker. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Why would Eddie Brock, like, are we supposed to take that as we can tell that he's a bad guy because he's praying for the death of another character to a deity? Is that the idea? Maybe. Because there's Maybe. other ways that we can figure this out. We've already figured out that he's slimy, right? Yeah. He's or a is it supposed character. to be funny? I, I don't know. I don't oh, know what they man. were going for. It was cringy is yeah. what it was, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So... Basically, Eddie is in the bell tower, and he hears the screeching of the alien in the bell tower, and he goes to see what's going on. It ends up grabbing him, and they bond over their mutual hatred of Peter Parker. Not Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. So now you can see, now you can see why the Tom Hardy Venom makes no goddamn sense, right? Because Venom, the Venom symbiote would not have, there's no reason why it would look like a spider. There's no reason why it would shoot webs and sling around like a spider. Without bonding with Spider-Man, there's absolutely no reason Mm. for the Venom symbiote to be like, hey, I'm going to look like Spider-Man's black costume. Is that cool? There's no reason for it. So if you don't have a Spider-Man in that universe, you can't do Venom that way. There has to be a different. There has to be a different thing there. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other movie. The whole other movie, and Cletus <laughs> Cassidy too. The the Carnage character. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's supposed to be a piece of Venom. That that attaches to Cletus Cassidy, and because Cletus Cassidy is a psychopath, then it then that that, that creature becomes like a even more psychopathic ah, version okay. of Venom. 
but and then and it manifests as Spider-Man looking because it's part of Venom, which took on the Spider-Man look when it became part of Spider-Man on Battleworld. They don't do it any justice. The Sony universe has not done Venom any justice mm. at all in my book. Sure. Anyway, and I don't even like Venom as a character. It's not even like one of my favorite characters, but my God, get it right, you know? Yeah. Why can't you just get it right? So after Peter evicts the symbiote, MJ breaks up with him. And it turns out, we know as the audience, we find out that Harry has started to remember mm-hmm. what's going on. Yep. He remembers that Spider-Man killed his dad. And... He remembers that he believes that Spider-Man kills his dad. I've got another thing for you later. We're going to get to that. So before that, though, you have Harry and MJ at his house dancing and making breakfast. (laughs) And okay, again, they kiss. And I'm like, what is happening? I at this point, Harry is loving Peter Parker again. And MJ, I know she's hurt, but. Uh, what? I, I don't know. Well, I... they used to be an item. Yeah. So there's there's probably... Look, this is pretty true to a Peter... Like a Spider-Man story. Like okay. this whole like, oh, you kissed Harry? You know, like there's got to be a little bit of like melodrama in there okay. too, right? So that's... I was fine with that part. The part that kills me... Okay, so he... Okay. So Harry manipulates MJ into breaking up with Peter because he wants to hurt Peter as much as possible and that's the way that he can do it through MJ. You know, he's not he doesn't mm-hmm. want to hurt MJ because he loves MJ. So he see so you know he gets he gets Peter to break or MJ to break up with Peter and then he has this conversation with his butler which why didn't his butler tell him this any time before right at this moment? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The the butler later on after Harry gets killed the butler says i'm sorry harry i failed you and i'm like yeah you failed him you a-hole you could have told him a long time ago that his dad wasn't killed by his best friend you knew (laughs) you knew that this was what was going on why did you keep this information it's the worst butler this is the anti-alfred he's the anti-alfred this guy is a dick and I hope I ooh man, I hate that. I hate this butler. Bernard, isn't that his name? Bernard? Rotten hell, Bernard. Rotten hell. Why would you do I like nonsensical? This is nonsensical writing. Why would he why would he hold that information? There's no explanation that anybody's gonna be able to give me that's going to make me okay with that. There's just I agree none. with you, because as he was telling him, I'm like, wait a minute, why didn't he tell him this before? <laughs> Why are you waiting till this opportune time? Uh, right? Like, good God. Oh, man. So, while this is all going on, MJ gets abducted by Venom and Sandman. And she gets strung up in a cab. Peter sees it on the news. And he takes off to go and help her. And while he's there trying to beat them up he, he gets pinned down he gets he gets cornered by sandman and venom and harry shows up he's had a change of heart because it turns out that his best friend didn't kill his dad they could have been teaming up last movie yeah they could have been teaming up last movie i like this duo they have good chemistry together 
This is great. It was fun to watch. Also, this is the part I was talking about. This where Venom and P- Venom and Spider-Man are fighting and they're kind of swinging through the air and mm-hmm. falling and stuff. This was cool. They yeah. did a great job with these fight scenes here. Within five years, they have done wonders with the special effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So while they're fighting, Venom takes Harry's glider, his his goblin glider, which has which is actually like a goblin snowboard now. Did you notice that? Yeah, because you can move it sideways and all that? sorts of stuff. Why do you need a Venom snowboard? He can move around better. Yeah. Okay, sure. Whatever. Venom it looks snow- cool. It looks, that's exactly <laughs> why it looks cool. Venom snowboard my ass. Anyway, Venom is going to stab Peter with the snowboard because it's got like, it's got like prongs on it like, like mm-hmm. Norman's glider like hat. the old one. And ironically, ironically, Harry jumps in front of it and gets impaled himself. He suffers the same fate as his father, but for a different reason. His father was trying to kill Spider-Man. Spider-Man jumped out of the way. Here, Venom is trying to kill Spider-Man, and Harry jumped into the way. So there's a little poetic justice there, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad to see Harry go, though, because Harry, I think, was a good character. I think yeah. Harry is one of those characters that... Now, he does die in the comics. He comes back, but he dies in the comics. So, I mean, it's kind of to be expected. But I think it's a sign of, of a well-developed character for the most part, with a, a, a few exceptions for things that happen in this movie. It's still a well-developed character, I think. And I think it's a sign of that if I'm sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah. So then Peter, now Peter remembers that, oh yeah, the symbiote, it doesn't like sound, like like weird high-pitched sounds. So he takes a bunch of pipes and he starts like, banging them together and creating like a sonic thing to weaken it and separate the symbiote from from Eddie Brock. And then he takes a pumpkin bomb and he throws it at the symbiote, which doesn't have a host anymore, and it blows up. And Eddie Brock like jumps back into it while the bomb's going in. So oh, he, yeah. he wouldn't have died except for he jumped at the thing while the bomb was going into why it. The, so why would they have him do that? I don't understand. He's obsessed with it. I yeah, but know. I mean like he could stay alive and mm-hmm. find other ways to try and get revenge on Spider-Man. We know that Kirk Connors has a piece of the symbiote because mm-hmm. he's looking at it at one point to try and tell Peter, you know, what, what this thing yeah. is. So I... They could have felt, brought him back, I guess is what I'm saying. So. I felt with this whole thing, and then Peter like lingers up there over mm-hmm. the whole Eddie Brock thing, and I'm like, your friend is dying downstairs. Yeah. Why are you lingering <laughs> over this a-hole that is trying to kill you? Go see your friend, you know? Peter takes death very seriously. So I can see why he's doing that. I think it's silly. But th- his to friend have is him... dying. Yeah, I think it's silly to have him do it while Harry's dying. But it'd been different if Harry was dead already. Harry, but he yeah, was, Harry he already was dies. Not dead yet. He may not have known that Harry was dying. I don't he know. got stabbed. That doesn't mean you're going to die automatically. You're probably not doing so hot. You might need to get to a hospital if you're not dead That's or true, not dying. But he does. But you got to remember, Harry's also got superhuman abilities now. So he's not necessarily just like a normal person that got stabbed. He's a superhuman that got stabbed. Yeah. So there's different things there. I, I don't still know. think he lingered too long i think you're i think i i see where you're coming from i see where you're coming from 
but I see this as the fulfillment of Peter's main character trait, which is he cares about everybody, even the people that he has to put in in jail or on the raft or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Flint Marco explains that he didn't really shoot Ben. He accidentally shot Ben because he had the gun in his hand and his partner came up and spooked him and he shot accidentally. Which makes the whole goddamn thing even more stupid. Yeah. How do you make a stupid move even more stupid? By making it not matter. It the whole That whole storyline doesn't matter. Sandman feels like it was shoehorned in. Yeah. Sandman shouldn't have been in this. You're absolutely right. You're 110% right. Sandman shouldn't have been in this. Cut Sandman out. Make Venom the main villain. Make the whole thing revolve around him and Peter and this... You could have made this a whole cat and mouse thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, jeez. You could have made this a whole cat and mouse thing. Peter gets the gets the symbiote costume. You know, he finds out that it's making him bad, so he, he gets rid of it. It crawls off to Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock starts to try and manipulate things and, like, take revenge, little revenges and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Eventually, he gets to MJ. He finds out who MJ is and takes her and blah, blah, blah. Like... Why, 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 why have Sandman in this? Such an, a, a, a nonsense character to have in this, in the middle of all this. Not only that, Blech. but like you said, it just undoes yeah. the character development from the first movie. Lame. And then later, after all this, after Harry is buried and we get to see Flash Thompson for like that fast, what? That was a terrible snap. I can't do a snap. My fingers are dry. <laughs> in the in a New York minute, we get to see for a New York minute, we get to see Joe Manganiello's Flash or Flash Thompson, not the Flash, Flash Thompson character. Who yep. interesting, interesting point here. Flash Thompson will eventually assume the role of Venom. Really, Agent Venom. Yeah, he's going to bound with the symbiote at another point ah, in the okay. comics. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so that after after all this, after Harry's funeral, after the butler's like, "I'm so sorry, Harry. I should have told you this like ten years ago, and you could have still been alive." Here's the rose. You know what? This was the butler's plan all along. Yeah, the butler did it. I would like to see the will. Maybe he was left sole heir. Oh my God! Who else would there be? There's nobody else. <laughs> it all goes to the butler. It could all go to science or you know a university too. You know. No way. No way. No way. Norman's the kind of person that leaves it to his son, and his son's the kind of person that would leave it to the one person that he still cares about, Bernard. Bernard, whatever. Could oh, the be. fuck that guy's name is. That's what happened, is he found the will, and he's like, watch this. The real villain of Spider-Man 3 is the butler. <laughs> the butler did it. The butler <laughs> freaking did it. We solved it. All right. Well, we made... See, we could have made Spider-Man 3 a whole lot better. Sam Raimi, next time you're doing Spider-Man 3, come to us. We will help you write this script. We got this shit down. So it ends on, like, Peter and MJ doing a little, like, They're getting back together. Yeah, they're getting back together. So, yeah. Do you have any, like, tidbits, alternate castings? Are there alternate castings for Venom? I have... No, I don't have anything for Venom. I do have one for Gwen Stacy. They Mm. did consider Scarlett Johansson. Well, that would have been an interesting. Still, it wouldn't have mattered. They just did nothing with that character. So right, 
Yes, I mean, absolutely. I don't think that matters too much, unfortunately. The little girl who sells her camera to J. Jonah Jameson for 100 yeah. bucks that is actually Emma Ramey. She is Sam Ramey's daughter. <laughs> oh, man. Freaking, what do they call that? <laughs> what is that? When you, like, give your family and friends... Nepotism? Nepotism. <laughs> Freaking nepotism. And there was a different ending originally. Hmm. The symbiote would have revealed a smoking skeleton when Spider-Man separated the symbiote from Eddie Brock. All that would have remained would have been some bones, meaning that his life had been drained fully because he had bonded with him. The the skull would have resembled Venom's face, apparently. But this all had to be reshot because it scared and traumatized the children in the test audience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Would have been a different little ending, a little that more been, creepy. But. That could have been a lot more fun, though. I like creepy. Yeah. Well, I feel like that would have been a little more Sam Raimi, too. Yeah. So I have some interesting information. All right. Well, good. I was hoping you would okay. have some for me here. So originally, the bad guy, one of the bad guys, was going to be the Vulture. And it was going to be Ben Kingsley was going to play the Vulture. Oh, okay. In this movie, you know who Ben Kingsley is. Isn't he the guy that plays the mandal- man- Mandarin? Trevor Man- Slattery. Yeah, yeah, he plays Trevor Slattery. He's an Iron Man. Yeah. And in Shang-Chi. It is Shang-Chi, yeah. Yep. yep. The Sandman character was in this from the beginning. Okay. Venom was added because of the studios. Because Sony didn't like... Sony didn't like... Okay, Sony felt like Sam Raimi was using characters that modern audiences wouldn't give a damn about. And he wanted Venom, or he, Avi Arad, wanted Venom in the movie. So it was a concession by Sam Raimi. Eddie Brock was going to be in the movie, but only in a minor role. Sam Raimi doesn't like Venom. He doesn't think it's an interesting character at all. It was also the producers that added in Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy being in this wasn't originally part of the script. This seems like studio interference the whole this way along. This is definitely studio interference. Yeah. You know, they should they should learn from their mistakes because every time you end up with just goofy stuff <laughs> happening, it, it kind of comes back. Not always, but a yeah. lot of times it comes back to, you know, you're not able to put your vision on the screen because you're being yanked this way and that way by, you know, your your bosses or your admin or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That's too bad. Absolutely. Now, and here's the thing. Like, the guy that wrote Spider-Man 2 helped write Spider-Man 3. So this could have been a great movie. Yeah. I mean, that dude wrote a hell of a script. Spider-Man 2 is considered widely considered to be one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. Very good. I like it. So for them to go from that to this, it's obvious that the studio had their hand in the pot too much. Stay the fuck out of it, Sony. Let these guys do their thing. Yeah. You know? Anyway. So you don't have any other interesting little titty bitties? Nope, that's Ten. all I... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. 
So hmm. if you don't have any other titty bitties, why don't we just do our thing? What, what, All what, right. Keep rent or erase, Jen. Where do you sit and why? I'm going to go with rent on this one. Hmm. It's definitely not a keep. This is probably my least favorite Spider-Man movie. Now, I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 2, so so I'm going to put that out there. (laughs) I have not seen all of them. I have not seen that one. But of the ones I've seen, this is my least favorite. I haven't seen this as many times as the first two or even the newer Spider-Man movies. Right. I think it's just because there's just too much in here. There's too many storylines. There's too many characters you're trying to focus on. Mm -hmm. You can't really build any depth with any of these because you're really just with some of these characters for a few minutes through the Mm -hmm. whole thing. So I'm not going to erase it though because there's still fun parts to watch in it. There's still... To- there's still Toby Maguire. He's I think he makes a good Peter Parker. I like James Franco in here. I always like J.K. Simmons. He's always fun to watch. So I, <laughs> yeah, I really there's good. still enough stuff in here that I will watch this every once. So I think I've maybe seen this three or four times since it's been out. Sure. So for me, it really is a rent. It's one I will pull out every once in a while to watch, but it's not something I'm going to watch every year or anything like that. Okay. How about you? Same for me, I think. Rent is where this will have to squarely fall because there is still that Sam Raiminess to it. The 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 Venom stuff. I know he doesn't like Venom, but the Venom stuff, the creepy crawliness of the Venom symbiote is just total Sam Raimi stuff. And I like I like his style, you know me. And but but this feels like I said. This just feels off, and to have the studio in there mucking about with this movie, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I don't think this will ever be a keep for me. I want to watch the editor's version, the editor's cut from twenty seventeen or whatever it was, but I don't even know that that's going to help things. They cut a couple of minutes out, and that's it. Sure. You know, I would love to know what they had originally planned for just Sandman. Or I would love to know what we talked about. Get rid of everybody except for Venom and maybe Harry. Yeah. But. And maybe fix that Harry storyline in the second one. Yeah, you could fix the Harry story in the second one by having the butler be like, look, I don't want any of your crap. So (laughs) Or don't say that at all. Yeah. And he just stays mad at Peter. Yeah, that, that works too. Because he could come, because he cares about MJ. He could still come and help Spider-Man for MJ's sake. Why couldn't Harry, if they needed to, fi- if they needed Harry to find out that Spider-Man wasn't the reason for his father's death, why couldn't Harry have discovered like a video file in the glider? Yeah, there could it could have been as simple as, oh my God, there's a hidden video file in here, and it shows the the it shows that shot. Mm-hmm. of the glider coming at Spider-Man and Spider-Man jumping out of the way mm-hmm. and then and then Norman getting killed by his own hand. Right. Uh, like, you, there's so many other ways to do it other than the butler is stupid enough to not be... Like, what did he, like, forget because he had to make dinner six times? Like, oh, I'm going to make dinner. I guess we'll remember to do this later. Never writes it down. Three years later, Whatever. Oh, I've been meaning to tell you something. Oh, Harry, I know you're <laughs> off to kill your friend Peter, but guess what? <laughs> been meaning to tell you this. 
Fucking Bernard. <laughs> Bernard, whatever. I don't know what the hell his name was. Yeah. I did not like that. Anyway, so, man, I got to get this out of my head. I think I'm done with Spider-Man 3 for a while. What are we doing after this? All right, next week we are going to cover the movie Pearl. Ah, oh, Pearl. Finally getting to Pearl. We were going to do Pearl last month, but we swapped Pearl. We did. Because it's more of a horror movie, right? And it is Halloween. Well, it's Halloween. It's spooky season. It's, it's not Halloween. Yeah, October is kind of the month to watch scary movies, right? Right. And that's what I wanted to watch. I mean, that's what I like to do during spooky season. Basically, September through like maybe the first week of November for me, that's all horror movies all the time. We watch a lot of horror movies you, this time of year. You are welcome. You are <laughs> welcome. You can thank me later. I watch more horror movies in that six-week period now every year than <laughs> I did in, like, you know, 10-year periods before. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Thank you. I watch lots of scary movies now. Hey, you know. but Look, horror movies are a staple of my filmic knowledge, and I just love them. You do. So I'm very excited about Pearl. I was, I very much liked, I loved X. We talked about that. I yeah. loved that movie mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back, and that movie is fantastic. So I was very excited that this is coming out. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So we'll see you next week right here on the couch for Pearl. No, Mia Goth will not be on the couch with us. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at a view from the couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.